0: On behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Yes, in the forefront they have faith in you. you We are now locked in the latest episode of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. Check out Rotafanatic.com right now for Dave Funnell's latest infirmary report. Plus Mike Carter's closing remarks, a weekly bullpen breakdown that will keep you up to date on all the closers you need to have on your squad. It's episode 88, the Luis Robert edition. Join your host Christopher Deary and Michael Govier for the weekly fab show. Every Sunday evening around 6.30 p.m., Michael and Chris will go live on YouTube to talk about upcoming fab bids and streamers for the coming week. We will be doing the show every Sunday going forward at about 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. This will be a weekly show throughout the entire season on Sunday nights. It's a shitload of information that you don't want to miss and is best served promptly and quickly. So to maximize the usefulness of this show, make sure you're connected with our YouTube channel. Give us a sub, Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. Take it away, boys! Reviewing the Hans
2: hey, Rico Plato Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. I am Michael Govier, your host with the most. That is correct. Give it up for me.
0: Woo-hoo,
2: with my co-host Christopher Deary at C nineteen ninety nine. I'm at M J Govea G O V E A Victor I E and victor ier on Twitter and on Facebook page as well with two Z's and two L's. Look, I reversed it. Deary. Utah two Z's and two L's just doesn't that, feel right.
1: That's clever. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't flow as well as two L's two Z's.
2: It certainly doesn't. So how you doing, Deary? It's Sunday evening here. We're here to help the people with their fab bids and their upcoming lineups for this week's new version of Fantasy Baseball 2021.
1: Things are going well. Uh, I got my fab picks ready to roll and uh, we'll see if I get any luck this week. Did you regret your picks last week? No, I mean I I didn't I only there's only a couple picks and they were cheap. Um, I didn't really go for anybody anybody else that maybe I should have. Um, so so we'll see. And I, I don't have too many tonight. I mean I only have two leagues that uh, do ha- work with Fab. So you're kind of more of the Fab Master in terms of how mu- many leagues you have Fab in. But uh, it, it's fun to talk about this stuff for sure. We're gonna be doing this every single Sunday night.
2: Yeah, we'll be here every Sunday evening about 6.30, 6.45. We'll do about an hour or so talking about fab bids, streamers for the coming week, lineup concerns. You have right here in front of you, two people that are willing to answer your questions and go over them related to your upcoming week. That's what we're doing here. We're here to help you. Believe it or not, it's not a joke. So, take advantage of this. We'll hope that this will become a staple in a routine for your Sunday evening as you head into a brand new week of fantasy baseball. There's officially one full week in the bag and we got more injuries too. So, we're going to talk about fab bids to replace those. Uh, Ketel Marte is gone. He got hurt this week. That seems like a lifetime ago, but it did happen this week. He is no longer part of the Diamondbacks daily plan. Bye, Christian Yelich left today's game with back issues. We'll still see what's going on there. That's to be determined. Uh, any other injuries this week that bummed you out? Uh,
1: none that really bummed me out. I mean, there was a cancellation today of the Mets game, which kind of kind of screwed me over. And I, I was in the know early. Well, I mean, I was in the know earlier that that game was going to be delayed for a very long time. Then it ended up getting suspended. So. Uh, Kind of screwed me a little bit, but yeah, we're we're through the first full week. As obviously, the first week of baseball was about, was a half week, and then this week uh, just just finishing up. So those head to head leagues uh, are just finishing up their first week. I have a couple head to head leagues, and that's you know, kind of a mixed bag. Couple couple close matchups, uh, a couple blowouts, but uh, I'm still in the mix right now.
2: I got rolled in my head to head home league, and it's not going to change. I think I'm going to lose eight to two but I really love my team. So it's just fucking horseshit. It's just trash. <laughs> the shit happens. I got really unlucky. He had an amazing week. You know, shout out to Travis. Travis is a hell of a fantasy player. He deserves the victory this week, but I have so many guys that I love. I have a minimal amount of pitchers and a lot of hitters. So my, in a 10 day week, cause we had the beginning of opening day, Thursday through Sunday. And then this fall week, I just didn't have enough pitchers go. I still had a, 99 no, I had 82 strikeouts in 57 innings that's fantastic that's really good but he had 99 because oh, he had 80 man. innings pitched so yep, Mike. cape it. K would have blown him away but that's not what this league is so again that's why you got to know your league Mike you dumbass uh Brian <laughs> Rodgman checking in here Brian K, K. Rodgman sorry I called you Rodgman Brian Brian K Rogers says that it's been pouring bleeping day in New York City so it's been raining cats and dogs should have never started that Mets game. That's <laughs> they right.
1: started what? They did, got like two outs and then it was over?
2: <laughs> yeah, so Strowman goes out there for a bit and then it's just a wash. Literally, yeah. <laughs> that's a buzzkill. But yeah, I'm getting rolled up in that league. But I'm fully confident in my team, so I'm not going to panic. And this is a lesson to all of us. We should all relax and not panic. I said earlier this week when we had the show about players to buy in on, cheaper players for Dynasty and Keeper Leagues only, and then players to sell. the same token in dynasty and keeper leagues and i said sell keston hira and yesterday he had a fantastic game he had a home run like three rbis multi-hits uh (laughs) yeah he heard me didn't he dearie and there's injuries too colton wong's out uh travis shaw got a contusion today so i said you better watch out because there's too many guys in that infield he might lose playing time literally a day later everything changes and now there's no way hira will be benched and I may have panicked. I may have overreacted. And well, that goes means, for Frankie Montas.
1: well, that means his value is pretty good right now going forward. This is what you want to see is you want to see them do well so you can ship them off and get some good returns, right?
2: That's that's what I said. See, I, I'm going to reconsider the hero take, but as far as Frankie Montas, he did that exact thing. He had a nice start yesterday. Six innings pitch, only gave up one earned run, five strikeouts, looked real nice. That's the time to sell Montas. I would still sell Montas in my opinion, but you're right. You could still be right, and then they can show value and then raise the price on the trade opportunity for you. It's a good call, dearie. Baseball is so up and down. I mean, these things are going to happen. A guy can't just be shit the the whole,
1: the whole month or the whole season. So, I mean, Keston Hura was, was bound to to break out a little bit. He's a talented player, so he's going to have that, but what's, what's going to be those returns throughout a whole season or a quarter of a season? Is, is it, is he going to step back up to what he, what he has been in the past? Uh, or is he going to revolt back to what he was doing in 2020, where he just had a really bad season. So you just got to keep an eye on these things. Look at those ratios, see where he's trending and, Obviously, we all watch these games, so <laughs> you're going to yep. get the most out of watching what happens with
2: Keston here uh, at the plate. I just popped on my home team's page, and I have two more home runs on the bench today. Alex Verdugo went two for five with a home run three ribbies, and Adam Eaton, who didn't play, comes into the game, yeah. hits a home run with two RBI. Isn't that nice?
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, I wish I would have had him playing instead of Michael Conforto today, but I saw that Eaton wasn't going to be playing, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe we'll squeeze that Mets game in today didn't really work out. You know what? I should have just played Eaton anyways because Michael Conforto has been absolute trash here in the through the first week and a half.
2: Yeah, but just like you said, don't panic yet. Slow your <laughs> roll now. Calm down. You gotta take it easy. Remember, pace yourself, honey. Pace yourself. It's a long season. So yeah, my home team, I totally believe this roster is. I mean, I love all these guys. Travis Darno, Anthony Rizzo, Ty France, Nick Solak, Jorge Polanco. Dansby Swanson, I don't love as much, but he's good. Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout, of course. Jeff McNeil's great. Nick Senzel. Song Kim, Now with Tatis out. He hit his first home run last night of the season. He's finally getting it going. And then I had Verdugo, Matt Chapman, Mark Canna, and Adam Eaton on the bench. I mean, I love all these hitters. So... You know, fuck, it's fucking head to head. Well, it's, Yeah, it's just one week. You got to make sure, you know, that everything will equal
1: out and, and don't panic. I mean, Trout's had an amazing first week and a half. Took Acuna about four or five days, but he's heating up. So you got guys in that roster. Mark Canna has been uh, leading off for the A's and he's he's been able to show that he can get on base. He's got a little bit of speed. So I like that team too. It's just, hey, it's just one week. That's, that's what's going to happen in a head to head.
2: God it drives me nuts. But we got to remember last year, there was a sense of urgency with head to head because there was only six weeks, six weeks, eight, six weeks <laughs> of the season. Now we're back to 20 weeks, at least, depending on your league. And I'm very, very much going to relax. And that's probably why I lost this week too. Cause I just chill. I, I took the opposite approach of last year. I said, well, I'm just going to chill, calm down. If things aren't going well, just let it play itself out. This team's good enough. And if I had made a couple pitching moves, to maybe pick up a few streamers here and there. I could have evened out this score a little bit. And the problem is the roster is full. Deciding who to drop early is one of the biggest conundrums when you start a new season of fantasy baseball. Sure is.
1: Sure is. Especially if you've got a really solid team and really there's no options to drop. I have two teams that are like that. There's been guys on the wire that I want to go out and scoop up, but I don't have the luxury of, of dropping some guys you know, that maybe have started out pretty poorly because I think in the long run, these guys are really solid players and I don't have many bench spots in a lot of my uh, head-to-head leagues, which makes it that you're making really, really risky moves and there's going to be good guys that end up getting dropped and then maybe you can pop in and scoop
2: them up on the wire. Dexter Fowler tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Bye-bye, Dexter. We're going to miss you. It's a real damn shame. I know that Alex is going to miss him. Aren't you, Alex? Alex says, I've got Bellinger and Tatiste on one of my Roto teams. Still hanging out in first right now, thanks to Buxton. Damn oh. right. Shout out Byron to Mr. Buxton. Buxton, folks. Damn. he's finally here. Fire. Deary, oh, it's finally upon us. The Buxton era has finally commenced.
1: Well, it, start, it started at the end of night, uh, end of 19, 2020. He looked really solid. Now it's just like he's smoking the ball left and right at that speed. And Byron Buxton is looking like an absolute stud. I went against him this week in one of my head-to-head leagues, and he just torched me.
2: Would you trade Buxton now? <laughs> no, I would hold on to him. You wouldn't. So you're buying into it. I think I am. Because he's always been talented. So you believe that this is just a manifestation of that talent.
1: I have a hard time with trading guys when they are doing really, really well. Like I want them to continue to do well on my team. So like I, I'm i not as quick to pull the trigger sometimes with trades that for guys that are doing really well on my team, I will tend to end up trading guys who are doing really poorly on my team that will maybe project out to be better later in the season. But, you know, uh, we talked about it last week. I, I don't like trading this early anyways. I usually like giving it a few weeks to see where I am. But, yeah, Byron Buxton, man, if if you have him, I, I, I'm interested to see if someone was interested in trading him, what they could get in return. Uh, but, man, he's been an absolute stud here through this first week and a half.
2: Is there no difference for you between redraft and dynasty or keeper leagues? No, I mean, uh, yeah. Because in redraft, I I think I could get a lot back in return for him, and I might make that move now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could probably get a lot back in Dynasty, too. I mean, it just all depends. I mean, Dynasty, Keeper, it all depends how many you're keeping, how many guys are on your team, what what, what the rest of your roster construction looks like. But you Um, wouldn't. I, I probably wouldn't just because of the edict that I like to have guys that are performing well stay on my team. You're and you're quicker you're, you're quicker to pull pull the trigger on trades than I am, and and you've made a lot. You know, uh, I wouldn't but say risk, risk, riskier trades, but trades in terms of guys that are really really solid players. I I, I like to trade guys to you know specifically off season trades in dynasty and keeper. I like to trade guys that are 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 capable players, but I know I'm not keeping them.
2: OK. Our buddy from the Perfect Picks podcast. What's up, buddy? Perfect Picks, buddy. Perfect Picks is tough to come by. I always hate those Perfect Picks contests during like March Madness. Like, hey, pick a perfect bracket, win $3 million. It's like winning the lottery. You know how difficult it would be? <laughs> to, I don't believe anyone's ever picked a perfect bracket ever, ever. Of all, I don't, I, I don't think so. No way. It's, it's, it's too many scenarios. It's insane. But that doesn't matter. What does matter is he wants to know, should I trade Machado? And I assume that's not Dixon Machado, who used to be a Tigers player. <laughs> he wasn't very good. You're probably talking about Manny Machado. And, boy, does Tatiste being out impact Machado's value? This is a question I think we should ask ourselves, dearie That's and interesting. I think it does because he's too good. He's too good for it not to impact Machado's value just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you surround yourself with other studs in your lineup, it's inherently going to make you possibly see better pitches, especially if you're batting like, you know, right after Tatis, you know, Tatis, Tatis is someone who can affect how many RBIs you might be get, might be getting. But like back to Machado is just like a, a a sole player. He He's off to a slow start for sure. I mean, he's batting like 240. He's only has one home run right now. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends what your percentage
2: is up to. It's 20%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really looks what it depends what you're looking for right now. Um, I think I'd certainly think about it. I I don't think he's the type of guy that is a has a no trade tag to him. I think there's only a handful of those players that are out there. Um, But yeah, it it really depends what you what you're looking for and what you think you could get. I, I would certainly explore it. Hmm.
2: I think I would definitely do it. I wasn't in on Manny Machado this year, so you're talking to the guy who's happily willing to trade Manny Machado. I did the video for Mason Dad on his <laughs> Fantasy Flock Network where we talked about first-round borderline, first-round guys to avoid, and Manny is one of those guys I picked mm-hmm. in terms of top 30 players on ADP in the preseason, along with Jose Abreu, but... Manny Machado can have incredible seasons, and then other times he doesn't give us what we would exactly hope for. I always feel like we never quite got the seasons. He's had some great seasons. When he had that, uh, oh, the twenty steal season in two thousand fifteen, when he hit thirty five bombs and stole twenty bags. I think that he had like, like, I
1: think he had forty five or fifty doubles that
2: year too. Yeah, that was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, dude, that's what we're talking about. And, oh, a couple of years before that, he had a fifty one double season. Yes, so he had. Moments, he's always had moments. He's what He got the big-ass contract, $300 million. He deserves that. I think I would trade him. I think I would. I think I would make the move. They're talking about Tatis is coming back, which I think is horseshit. I think it's total smokescreen garbage. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong, but why would they bring him back, Dearie? Why would you risk this? Unless there's no way it can get worse. Like you've said before, if he can't get hurt anymore, then he can give it a shot.
1: Yeah, But this guy, I mean, there's a reason you gave this guy a gazillion dollars and you want to protect your future. Um, you know, but bet, I mean, back to Machado, I, I he's just wildly con- inconsistent for me. I mean, last year, sure, he had an incredible season, but would he have batted over 300 for the season? He's never done that before. Would he have hit you know 40 home runs? He's never done that before. He's had over 100 RBIs only a couple times. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd I'd probably pull the trigger too. I think, I think you talked me into it, Mike, talking about just kind of the inconsistency and, and wondering if he's going to be that first round talent that we know he can be, but it doesn't seem to always happen. I don't I don't, yeah. And I don't see Tatis coming back. Um, maybe for like a stretch run for the playoffs for them, but I don't, but they're saying he's
2: coming back like shortly. Like it also Zach Gallon. Zach Gallant, there was the, it came out on, uh, Twitter, I saw yesterday, Zach Gallon pitching Tuesday. I'm like, what? Is this real? What world are we living in? Have injuries just become no longer. Like a he's major pitching, he's anymore? pitching for the diamondbacks? He's not doing like a simulated game or anything like right? that. Right. Yeah, that's that's how it was interpreted. It, it was I was awfully is, skeptical of that headline, I tell you. You know. These guys got, got like, the
1: super juice to come back,
2: man. Yeah.
0: That is bullshit.
2: I'm not buying like, that. Like, yeah. So at any rate, Manny Machado, I would trade. He does have a hit in every game over the last five one two three four five one hit he's being very consistent over his last five games but there's no power he's had two doubles out of those hits the walk rate is up again it's a small sample size like we said it's up to 20 percent, so that's nice but he's going to walk more probably because Tatis isn't in there so they're not going to be as fearful in which is classic baseball 101 so I think I would trade him that's how I feel about Manny uh other by the way jd martinez is a legend again he he remembers how to play baseball folks breaking news he is back jd martinez can play baseball again three home runs today dearie jd's back with a vengeance and i'm looking like a fool right now because i don't have him on a single team anywhere
1: (laughs) yeah i don't have him either the red sox have been murdering the ball the last few days god damn he's looked great three home runs today back to what we've seen for the last five years i mean we all talked about the struggles last year and you know he talked about what was to blame with those struggles not being able to review video and all that plus you got to remember like last year was just such a wacky season like how is everybody feeling mentally? Like maybe he was just totally checked out. I'm sure there's a ton of players that played last year that had a lot bigger worries than what was going on the field. And he's back to what he's been doing the last few years. So if you have J.D. Martinez, he probably really, really helped you out this past week, specifically today with those three huge bombs.
2: Wouldn't you rather? I've thought about this with J.D.'s incredible performance today. Three taters. I'd rather have guys that start slow. I don't like the guys that come out hot, unless they're going to be hot all year, which would be incredible. If you could be hot all season, that's just not reality. Like you said,
0: that's interesting.
2: I would. I'd rather have the guys that pick it up later on and finish strong, especially in head to head.
1: I mean, it's baseball. It's 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 peaks and valleys. They're all going to go through it. I mean, but I I mean, I can't be pissed. at it. Oh, man, you started off too hot,
2: man. Too hot too soon. Got to calm down. Yeah, I mean. What is the reality? I bet you that J.D. Martinez hits less. it's less than 35 home runs this year. I'll book it.
1: It is on the Shine or Ride the Pine, which is done. I just haven't formatted it perfectly to, oh. to, to make it viewable really good. I, I, I got to move some things around,
2: but it is done. Wow, that's great news, finally.
0: Forever. For,
2: yes, correct. I never thought we would see it, but I'm really looking forward to that, dude. That's excellent. So you don't yes. want guys to start off hot. If I had my druthers, Doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, if I had my druthers and I don't know what druthers are still, I'm st- I don't know. Do well, you know what druthers is? No. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, if I had my druthers though, my druthers would be, Hey, let's start out slow and pick it up. I love guys who pick it up in June or July and then yeah. just have a tear the second half of the year. There's I just no would rather- reason
1: that someone can't do that most of the year.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I would just <laughs> rather be, I'd rather be down now in yes, my league, than later. I if guess someone's
1: going right. to have a slump, you want it to happen now in yes. July. Yeah,
2: yeah, it. they're going to happen. We all correct. know that. Correct. It's funny because J.D. Martinez was put on the COVID list yesterday and now he comes back today and hits three home runs. That's fucking incredible. Well done, J.D. <laughs> that's scary. Nothing's going to stop that guy. Uh, my guy DJ Stewart is back for the Baltimore Orioles, a guy I love. He's always undervalued. He's really cheap in DFS because he hits for power and he can steal some bags, but that's pretty much it. He strikes out a lot. I would be putting in fab bids on him. Nothing serious, but if you played in OBP leagues, I would definitely put in a bid on Mr. DJ Stewart. Eh, five, 10 bucks, nothing serious. I don't think he'll be highly sought after, but I think he's somebody where you can pay a low price and get yourself a nice little player. DJ Stewart of the Baltimore Orioles. Go get yourself. Hey, he you bet, you bet it fit today. Uh, I mean, where's he going
1: to slot in? Like, do, do they have room uh, you know, with him, with him being able to get enough at
2: bats. Um, Ivy thought, you know, Santander and with Austin Hayes being out, I thought there was an opportunity. I know Cedric Mullins will play every day. Santander is there. Mountcastle could DH. So for now, I think, yeah, the playing time's he, Yeah.
1: Daily. Yeah. He should have the spot in left field, you know, currently. Uh Yeah. Especially with Hayes being out a while. So, uh yeah. yeah and if they continue to bat him fifth, I mean, it's, it's a lineup that's, proven that they can score runs I mean Cedric Mullins has been absolutely fantastic and it's, it's not going to be long before Santander and Mountcastle really get going so there's a lot of RBI opportunities out there for Stewart if the rest of that lineup can get moving
2: so who are going to be some of the biggest fab targets this week Deary let's get into it I, I love DJ Stewart that's a small time target though he's not going to be like oh I got it everybody everybody we gotta have Stewart. it's not going to be like that we definitely know one name At least the other day, people were shitting their pants about it. That's Corey Knable of the Dodgers. People were saying, oh, Corey Knable could be the new closer. He's the new closer. He's the new closer. Eh, I don't know if that's true.
1: I have a bid in for Corey Canable. It's it's speculative that he maybe takes over for closer, but you know, we had talked about this preseason that you know Kenley's gonna get the opportunities. They want Kenley to be the closer. And you know, obviously Knebel came in the other night after, you know, Jansen uh, blew it the night before and Canable shut shut down uh you know the team they were going going against so this is going to happen with a lot of different bullpens and I'll be interested to see how big of money is out there for Canable. I'm not going to share what I have out there for a fab bid but it's not it's not too. oh bad.
2: you can't yeah not yet you're right that would be unwise I will tell you this Canable's fun but there's other options I think I'd rather have Blake Trinan just as well because mm-hmm. he still is just as capable of having that job and Kenley Jansen was warming up uh was it today or yesterday? Where he was coming in, he would have come in for a save situation yesterday, I believe. So it's not like, oh, there it is. Yeah, Mike Curlin live update. Jansen just got the save, throwing yeah. ninety-five miles an hour. Thank you, right on cue, Mike Curlin. Shout out to Sleepy K. Yeah, so it's not like it,
1: it's not like someone's going to save three, four days in a row. They they want to preserve these guys over hundred and sixty-two game seasons. So even your stud closers, you're not going to see in there three, four days, you know, consecutively especially yes. with the Dodgers when they have those other options, like a Trinan and a Canable,
2: I mentioned Corey Canable on a podcast of ours somewhat recently. I was like, oh, that's a guy. It's a speculative ad who could be the heir apparent if things go bogus for Jansen because he's an all-star closer. He got injured again, but he, he's healthy. Man, when the Tigers traded him, we didn't think very highly of Corey Canable. I remember that. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, who cares? It's Corey Canable. He's out of Texas. Uh, you know, so-so guy. But then he had that blowout year with the Brewers as an all-star, and he raised his profile. But ever since then, he's been injured. Now here we are. <laughs> yep. So I would say, I don't know, maybe $20, $22. If we're talking a $1,000 budget, which is one of usual st- standard FAB budget on NFBC, yep.
1: That sounds would, about right. That's, that's That's a good call.
2: But you know someone's, I bet somebody tomorrow, we're gonna see this on our next show, which by the way, we've organized our schedule. So it'll be Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for y'all. Nice routine, three times a week. Get your help before the week starts and then pick things up on Wednesday and close it out with Friday. Lock that into your brains, little fellas and gals and everybody in between.
0: Yay!
2: Woohoo! <laughs> all right, seriously, cut the crap. So, I think that we should consider that blowing $120 on Corey Canable will happen. Someone's going to do it tomorrow. Tonight, it's going to happen. After 10 o'clock PM, when the NFBC is roll through, we're going to see more bullshit. We're going to see ridiculous triple digit prices. Probably somebody more than that. I mean, who else are targets that will probably be paid outrageous prices for?
1: Well, if I mean, if if guys haven't been scooped up in these leagues with the last week's fab, or if you're in, like, a cut line where maybe your first, uh, you know, fab bids will be coming up this week, a guy like Emmanuel Clase, who saved two of the last three games for the Indians, has looked really, really good,
0: throwing yeah. gas.
1: Sure, it's against the Tigers, but this guy, I, I got to give – the guys over at rotasaurus a ton of credit because they talked about this a couple months ago that he is the guy in waiting i have not been a karen check fan you know leading up into the season we saw you know early on karen check was going in those kind of top five or six closers and then it kind of came back to earth as we got closer to the season and he started being drafted a lot lower than that but clace looks like the guy right now karen check came in today as well but he came in in the seventh inning uh, so Clayce, I think, is going to be the most consistent guy. He's the most talented. And if he's out there in a, in a and people are trying to scoop him up in fab, I think it's going over
2: $100. I said all offseason. Karen check is overrated. He's overhyped. He's overpriced. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I get up one time. And the one time I do is in the main event where I spend the most money <laughs> to be in a league. Yeah, neither of us.
1: Li- neither of us liked him. We didn't like, the, you know, the ratios in terms of walks. Sure, last year he struck out a ton of guys, but you know, it was his first year up in the league, and if you already have walk problems that you've you, you've had in the minors and that you know you had last year, I mean, his his walk. Nine was over four last year. Like, that's scary. That's not something that you're just gonna fix right away. So I'm sure they're gonna try to figure it out with him. And if he becomes someone who can be really, really talented and possibly close for them, it gives the Indians some some good options back there. And maybe you see kind of a combo. But right now, I think Clace has become that guy.
2: Clays is the man in Cleveland, Cleveland. Also, Yimi Garcia. That's another target. Look- people will mm-hmm. be looking you. You were thinking Yimi.
1: Yimi Yimi y- 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 was gonna be the next name I was gonna mention. So, yeah, really? Yimmy, uh, Anthony Bass had a couple bad outings earlier in the week, and Yimmy had already kind of been in that setup role and and uh, had appeared a couple times and looked pretty good. And then two out of the last three team times out, what happens? Yimmy comes out there and gets a save. So I think Yimmy is a guy who has had this role before with several other teams, uh, so he is going to be someone that there's going to be some fab bids out on. I think he probably is turned into the closer. They've gone back to him the last two days. So I think Yimi Garcia is the guy in Florida now, in Miami.
2: Shout out to Baseball Pod's Chris Marr. Um, he was touting Yimi Garcia all offseason as the guy, the guy who will close. It was not, hey, I'm taking bass with Yimi as my backup. No, he was straight on Yimi Garcia for the Florida Marlins. I keep going... Calling- they're always gonna be the Florida Marlins to me. It's really hard for me to say Miami Marlins. I know.
1: I always say I always say
2: Florida, because it was a big deal when they when they became a major league team. There was no team in Florida. It's like they're the Florida mm. Marlins. We finally got a baseball team in Florida, <laughs> even though we have spring training, which is plenty of baseball for all of Florida. But yeah. anyways, the Miami Marlins closer job, Yimi Garcia, is the guy. I'm a moron. I had him in my home league, but I dropped him because I was he had. Anthony Bassett shit the bed in like game two against the Rays and then Yimi Garcia had looked good. I'm like, all right, this is it. This is where he's going to shine. This is in my head to head 14 team league. And we have small benches in that lead though. So I ended up cutting Yimi, and now someone else has him when he gets to save the other day. So learn your lessons, guys. Stay true to the players you like. Do not get caught up in the,
0: whoa, man, uh,
2: this guy's not doing the job right now. I can't wait around for him. If you're going to be patient anytime. This is the time to be patient. And I keep trying to reinforce that in my head, Deary. Be patient. It's it's patient.
1: so t- it's so tough with relief pitching, but I tell you, if you have a guy who is who uh, you thought maybe was going to get closer shares early on, and right now is kind of in that setup role, but is performing really really well, and and you have the capability to keep him on your team go ahead and do that because there could be that opportunity coming. And if they're already performing really, really well, no need to just freak out and, and be scared and, and drop them right away, especially if it's a situation that's very fluid, like many of these bullpens are. Someone has to take over that role, or maybe it goes back and forth. But if your guy is performing, hold on to him. Be patient.
2: Yeah, Dave Funnel says, Jansen save drops enable Price. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> If you needed a closer, would you still target Canable tonight in fab bids?
1: If you need a closer and you're, you're if you need after- if you
2: needed one. If you had a spot where you're, hey, this guy's doing nothing. Uh, I need a closer anyway, so I'm gonna pick up Canable, even though Jansen got the save Sunday today. Yeah,
1: for for the for the right price, I would say. I I mean, but you 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 brought up the great point with Trinan, also being a guy who's been in that role before. So it's maybe like a couple things need to happen for Canable to really turn into that guy, you know, for the rest of the season or for, for the rest of the month. Uh, I mean, for the right pot price, I would probably, you know, put in a bid for Knievel.
2: I think we're living in a world now where closer committees will keep, become more and more and more common. We already know that. And even in an outstanding situation like the L.A. Dodgers, Kenley Jansen's been there. He's a vet, longtime pro. You think he's climbing up near or maybe uh, over 300 saves by now? He's got to be close. I think he's over 300 now. He's a just a guy who I watch him throw. He's 33 and a half years old. He's not getting any younger. The last year the velocity was down, but apparently the velocity is up to 95 now, which is if what Curlin just dropped in the comments is accurate, that's a big bump from last year because he was mm-hmm. more towards 90-91 with mm-hmm. his fastball. I just I would keep, I mean concerns. I would keep
1: an eye on that. We'll, we'll see if he can continue to throw mid
2: 90s come June or July. But look at this stretch, Deary, from 2014 on: 44 saves, 36 saves, 47 saves, 41 saves, 38 saves, 33 saves. That's through 2019. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a run. And he had 11 you, saves last year in the uh, you know the bozo season, short sample.
1: I think we just tend to kind of be so recency bias where he has. You know he has he has a hard time during uh, the playoffs and things start to fall apart a little bit and be like playoffs? oh well maybe next year it's going to be the year that it falls apart for Kenley but and, and it's so easy to do that because <gasps> closers seem to just you know f- go go on these great runs and then f- fall apart they fall asleep right at the right right at the like the peak and then it's over and then like you know they get demoted oh, immediately I don't think that's quite happening yet with Jansen but I I still think. Like I, I made this prediction before. I said I would be shocked if he made it the whole season
2: as their closer. Wow! There it is in the can. So Corey Canable, if you pay triple digits for Corey Canable, I think you're making a fool of yourself. Unless you play in a league that has like ten thousand dollar fab budget, no, don't do it. Please don't do it. Yeah, you
1: talked. You talked about twenty two bucks, and I, I think fifteen to twenty two bucks. I mean, that's not breaking the bank on you.
2: This is a really good time to go back now because we have data. So mark this down, write it down, pause the podcast. Well, this is a live stream, so you actually the live stream is much more prescient than the uh, podcast because it'll probably come out after the fab bids have run. <laughs> yeah, no so one really, will listen this, to this after that. <laughs> yeah, this is much. By the this is actually something to take note of. You want to be in the live stream part of this because it's much more valuable in terms of real time data. But take a look at what the other players in your league have been doing see if there's any bidding trends we have a couple weeks now of fab bids under our belts and we can start to identify some trends i really believe that's possible you're not going to nail it and you'll pro- i'll probably lose some bids you'll lose some bids we're all going to fail but i still think we can gain more and more of an edge if we stay in touch stay attuned you know all be as one. Oh. Are there any other relievers out there you thinking maybe getting
1: a bid this week
2: Jansen threw uh, eight pitches, by the way, and all but one was over 93 miles per hour, according to Mike Curlin. Check out, uh, by the way, That's Mike curlin has got a new Thanks, pitch Mike. mix chart out there. Mike's doing a ton of work. Mike's got too many projects, but his latest project is the pitch mix chart. So you can go to Mike's Twitter feed and follow him at Mike Kurland. Click on the pitch mix chart, and it, you can type in a pitcher's name, and it'll show you all the pitch mix data from last year and this year and compare... And it's fantastic. I think you should really take the time to do that if you want to win your league. Yep. Deary says, what other closers or relievers should be targeted? Well, we covered Yimi, we covered Clayce, uh, we covered uh, The What about the Oakland situation? Because you got Deekman, you got Romo, you got JB Windlekin. I am not sure what to make of that. <laughs> I think it's a real shit show, to be honest with you, but... That doesn't mean there's not value with one of those guys. In fact, you could probably put in a real cheap bid on a Sergio Romo who always just sneaks his way into a situation and gets saved. That's just what he does. He never dies. Never say die, Sergio Romo. Uh,
1: a lot of people are going after Lou Trevino in my uh, uh, in a lot of my head-to-head uh, daily streaming leagues. Lou Trevino has been picked up in almost all of them over the last two
2: days. Yeah, I've heard a lot about Lou, you know. Lou, you don't know where I've been, Lou. I should get that drop from uh, Fight Club. It's a great one. You don't know (laughs) where I've been, Lou. Uh, Sergio Romo came in yesterday against the Astros. Two-thirds of an inning, two earned runs. No bueno. That's not good. Jake Diekman, one and a third, two hits, no strikeouts. And then JB Wendelkin, one clean inning with two Ks. Very nice. I think Wendelkin's the guy to target for cheap. And if you want to go even cheaper, try Romo. That would be my instant analysis fab bidding process this week. Wendelkin one, Romo cheaper two.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea who ends up winning that job. I think they're just going to play situational for now until someone steps up. But, I mean, Wendelkin's the youngest of the group, and he's probably the most talented. I mean, Romo has the most has the longest track record, but Romo's also 38 years old. He doesn't even throw a fastball anymore. <laughs> it's just a slider every single time. Deekman's been around a while. Uh, Trevino might be a guy to, to kind of look at. Uh, all these guys, I think... Specifically a Trevino, a Diegmann, and a Wendelkin, I think for a fab bid, you can get pretty cheap.
2: There's also the Arizona situation, which I picked up Chris Davinsky last week, and I was really excited about it. But then, (laughs) I don't even know what it is. It's not COVID. It's just these personal reasons. He's just gone. Like He's just N.A. He's unavailable right now in Yahoo Leagues. He threw about five miles per hour less on Tuesday night in Colorado. Blew the save. And then he goes, bye-bye. Chris Davensky, I hope you're well. I was actually rooting for you. But this is the fucking closer roulette we're playing. See?
1: Yeah, I mean, a guy that, you know, comes in, looks pretty good, and then he's like, (laughs) then he's just gone. (laughs) Yes. It's like, I mean, you're just taking stabs at guys, especially like a a team like Arizona. But, I mean, right now it looks like uh, Crichton might be the guy.
2: Yeah, Stefan Crichton could be the guy. Although I still like Kevin Ginkle a lot. I'm a big Kevin Ginkle fan. So, in my opinion... I have Kevin Ginkle on a couple fifteen teamers in twelve teamers. I would take a look at Ginkle because he's going to be the heir apparent. I think if Davinsky's got personal problems and he never comes back, you can say bye bye, see ya. (laughs) No, no value there. It's
1: I mean it's just it's really tough these bullpens where they got like three or four guys where none of them are dominant, and you're just like hoping that one of these darts hits and they end up you know really putting together a a solid season and lock down that back end of the bullpen. Give you. 15 to 20 saves but arizona is a similar situation to you know uh, oakland where you just got a bunch of guys that you're really not that excited about and yeah. you hope if you put a bid in for someone it ends up being the right guy
2: can i share another oh wait no that's not it not him yes uh our pal davy lou says what about jose alvarado Archie bradley officially on the il now dun, dun, dun. this is great news for philadelphia because it clears up one more arm that we don't have to worry about Yep. In probably the, and this is saying something, this really is saying something, the most complex closer situation coming into 2021 to figure out, bar none. Jose Alvarado, Brandon Kinsler, uh, Archie Bradley, Hector uh, Naris. Hector Neris. Hector Neris. it's like, this is, this is a real, and then there's a Coonrod, Sam Coonrod, who's been throwing gas as well. Mm -hmm. So you could take a flyer on him. I actually think Alvarado is the best of the bunch. I know the Rays traded him and that usually means people panic. Oh, the Rays traded him. He must suck. But that's not always the case. Nate Lowe's been pretty good in Texas, so.
1: With, Brad, with Bradley out, uh, I mean, Naris had that job from the beginning. Naris has done it in the past, but Naris has also been very shaky in the past. Jose Alvarado has the best stuff. I mean, he's shown some absolute electric stuff when he was in Tampa, but we all know the problem that Alvarado's had is finding the strike zone. His, his just walk rate has been just atrocious, and it's a, probably one of the reasons Tampa got rid of him, but... If I mean he got the save uh you know on Monday uh of of last week. I think he really, really has the best stuff and could be the sneaky guy that sneaks up and takes it from Nerys, but I think it's Nerys's right now. But Philadelphia, like it's probably one of the most important bullpens for a team that that wants to compete because they've been able to hit the ball really well this year. and if they want to compete in that division, they have to lock down their bullpen. It's been a mess the last couple of years. I think it's a reason they signed Bradley. It's a reason they brought in Alvarado, but I don't know, man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see who ends up taking that job. I still think it's Neris's. Can you get Alvarado on the cheap? Probably. You probably could. And, and maybe he helps her ratios if he continues to to be pretty solid out of the out of the pen for that for them. And we've seen injuries happen quickly. I we we saw what happened in Tampa. Pete Fairbanks is now out. So that's one less arm to worry about in Tampa. With Bradley out in Philly, that's one less so is, arm to worry yeah. about there.
2: So is Chris Martin of the Braves? He was the darling of a lot of people preseason. Chris Martin's gonna be the guy. He's on the IL, so forget about him.
1: I, I I couldn't go after any of the Braves bullpen because I had no idea what was going to happen with the bullpen. So I mean, I saw people you know getting going for Martin in like the top 150, top 180, and I'm like, that's really really risky because if he doesn't become the closer,
2: what do you do with him? Any other cheap closer flyers you can take here? I don't really know if there are. We've covered most of these areas where there's chaos. I mean, the Blue Jays. I think that's the Merryweather seems to really be the guy. So people who paid the money last week, I think that looks pretty decent. I still wouldn't have paid, you know, forty, forty-five, thirty-five percent of my FAD budget. I wouldn't have done that for Meriwether, but that's. I I, I, right. st- I
1: still think that one's a fluid situation.
2: Okay. Yeah, as far as the you know the Rays, Diego Castillo blew a save this week, but with Peter Fairbanks being gone, he's more of the guy. Also, a congratulations and a really, really wonderfully well-deserved applause. Brett Honeywell made his major league debut today after all the pain, all the injuries, all the suffering. He
1: Seriously. has not.
2: He had not pitched in a game in thirteen hundred days. Yeah, came out there and, and went two.
1: It went two innings today.
2: Looked pretty decent. Rock solid. That screwball changeup thing was in the mix. He is so much fun, but if you were going to pick up Honeywell in redraft leagues thinking, oh, I'm going to pick him up, he's going to no. – no, I knew – I, I almost tweeted something last night like, yeah, enjoy the two or three innings, but I didn't want to shit on his parade. I didn't want to ruin the party. No. I'm really happy for him.
1: No, so. dynasty – big, deep dynasty leagues, you're you're focusing in on him, but you're not going to get much of him from him in a redraft this year. I think next year is the, is the year where he – they really ramp him up this year and then next year possibly he gets into the rotation.
2: That is so fetch. I agree, Gretchen, I do. You're listening to the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rule of Anality Podcast Network. Me and Deary, Michael Govia, your host, along with Christopher Deary. We're live, we're on Twitter, at Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. I'm at MJ Govier, G-O-V as in Victor I-E-R, and he's C. Deary. That's Deary as in Deer John, 1999. Not deer with, you know, in the headlights with antlers. Those are, you ever hit a deer? Deer, you ever hit a deer with a car?
1: No, my wife hit a deer. She hit two deer within a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, remember that old, like, blue Escort she had? Or uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that an Escort? Yeah. So she so she hit a deer on 14. It destroyed her car. She got a new car the next week, the Ford Escape, that she still has. The day she got that car, she hit another deer. But it was a much smaller deer, and she just kind of sideswiped It didn't do any damage to her car.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking deer in Michigan. Always an issue. In fact, the only time I ever hit a deer was in Maryland. So deer are an issue everywhere. It's not just Michigan. I guess so. All right, let's talk some hitters then. Hitters that we like, hitters to pick up. Uh, also, injury replacements for other guys that have gone bye-bye. Anybody out there you're liking this week who could be available? Is it 15-team dependent, 12-team dependent? Uh, the floor is open to you, Deary. I, I I think there's a. it depends a lot on who's, mm-hmm. not who's, but what type of league you're in? And how of your course. drop system goes. High yeah. Song Kim. High Song Kim could be available. Because Tatis, technically, that was this week. God, it seems like forever ago, but Tatis got hurt this week. We were doing the show that what, what, was that Monday night. We were in doing a the weekly show? pickup league, he could be available, yes. High Song Kim could be available. I would put a large bid on High Song Kim. I would. I believe in him, his talent. He's I've talked about it on this podcast before. He finally hit his first home run of the season on Saturday night. Showing that potential. He could steal bags. He's got caught stealing a few times. It's not gone his way quite yet. In fact, he got caught stealing twice, I think, on the season. But he can steal bags. He can hit for power. He can score runs in a great lineup. I don't think Fernando Tatis is coming back. I would consider a triple-digit bid on Song Kim. Ooh, okay, I like that. I like that. You wouldn't. No,
1: I no, I like that.
2: Uh Oh, okay, tri- you like it. Yeah.
1: Triple digits, yeah. I mean, I, he's going he's going to get the playing time going forward, and if you truly believe that we're not going to get Tatis for a couple of months, you can ride that Kim train for a while, and if he steps in the lineup like he is right now and really performs, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the lineup, especially if you got a guy like Jake Cronenworth, if he starts to struggle, there's some options in the outfield, you can maneuver people around. I think he could be here to stay if he performs well. Uh, hundred dollar, hundred dollar fab bid. Mike says uh, I'll go with it. I mean, Mike's been all about Kim for a while, and uh, obviously it's league dependent. You know, wh- you know how how much fab money do you have? How much do you have left? Did you did you already spend a ton last week? Uh, oh, obviously, you don't want to get three bids that are going to take away like thirty percent of your money now. But or if you're in a, I mean, if you're in a cut line where you only got two fab periods, this could be a guy that. I think could give you value for the rest of the year. It, it might not be a situation where you're just getting a guy for a couple of weeks to, to, to take over for somebody who was injured. I think Kim could be here for a while.
2: He is. He came over here as a huge free agent. This is going to be, he's going to be in the conversation for rookie of the year. No doubt. He's going to be right there for the NL rookie of the year in 2021. Even if Tatis comes back in his somewhat, He normally is. I don't really fear that situation. I think Kim's talent will win the day. I say it now. I'm gonna stick to it. One thing I'm learning is stick to my opinions, even if it seems like they're more unlikely in the moment, because (laughs) things change every day in this damn game. They really do. We got to talk Tyler Naquin. Tyler (laughs) Naquin (laughs) is having a Hall of Fame season.
1: Yeah, he's having a Hall of Fame week.
2: (laughs) He is. This is a Cleveland cast-off who could never get it going in an outfield. An outfield, they're begged for offense. The Cleveland outfield has been begging for offense for years. That's why they signed Eddie Rosario in the offseason. And all of a sudden, being on the Cincinnati Reds, Tyler Naquin is a god. Would you bid for him? Do you think it's worth it? Do you say ride the hot streak or do you say, nah, that's going to fade pretty quick?
1: When does Jesse Winker come back?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I thought he just came back, but he got hurt again, right? Yeah, because if Jesse Winker is there, uh, I
1: don't know how Tyler Naquin gets the playing time. You got Castellanos and right, Nick Senzel's been in center, and then Winker was their starting left fielder at the start of the season. Naquin's been come been able to come in these last eight games, and he's five home runs. I mean, just unbelievable week. He just put together one of those one of those weeks in a head to head where you end up winning the week because of this guy. I wouldn't react to i i wouldn't go too nuts about putting in a huge waiver for naquin sure go ahead uh put in a small waiver uh claim in form put in a f- small bid for him because he is hot maybe the reds try to keep him in that lineup and slowly bring a jesse winker back but i think if winker's there i i'm not sure naquin is going to get full-time opportunities
2: there but winker's got this calf issue which has been a problem for him he's only played in a couple games so far this year mm-hmm. And the more Naquin plays and rakes and with Akiyama being out still on the IL, I think the opportunity is there. I really do. Over, over the next couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. Over the
1: next couple but, of months. I, I, I don't see Naquin being because able you've never to seen do it before. this. <laughs> exactly. Cause we've never seen it before. We've never seen power like this before. We've never seen him have the propensity to walk and not strike out. He's never done this before, but anyone can
2: do it over 32 plate appearances. He was a well thought of player. He was a first round pick for Cleveland back in 2012. Do you know that? His best season with them was his rookie
1: year. And then he ran into some injuries and then just kind of fall fell out of uh, love with the where they fell out of love with him, you know, the Cleveland Indians, and then finally moved on from him. But he had a solid he had a solid rookie season in 365 plate appearance. He had 14 home runs, 52 runs, 43 RBIs, swiped a few bags. Struck out a ton, which he's kind of been able to bring down in the last few years, but it's been a power outage in the last couple of years, and, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy.
2: Yeah, he's got to be – he'll be striking out more in the walk. Per, the walk percentage and the K percentage will go in opposite directions of what they are right now. It's just not realistic, but it is stats right now. And if you play in leagues where you can pick up a guy and ride the hot hand, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're putting in a triple-digit bid on Tyler Naquin, though, I think you're sadly mistaken. There's a big difference between a guy like Julian Merriweather who people paid a shitload of money for last week. It could be the closer all season long, versus a guy like Tyler Naquin, who could be a flash in the pan, just like your mind Mercedes. We'd all love the Year Mind Mercedes story for the Chicago White Sox. What a lovely, lovely story. The guy hits the ball really hard, but he's a utility only, and it just can't last. It never does. You guys know this better than we do if you played fantasy baseball just as long as we have.
1: It could. You never know. <laughs> this could, you yeah, never this could know. be the
2: breakout. Tyler Naquin's breakout. You're mine, Mercedes breakout year. I bet you one of these guys doesn't last the year. That's just my thought. Uh, Alex says, both Didi and Jorge Polanco are available in my 10-team Roto. Both obviously work as a full-time Tatis replacement, though I already have Chris Taylor. Would you throw down considerable Fab for either? Well, let me go first here real quick. Jorge Polanco all day. He's hitting at the top of a really good lineup plus he's a good hitter, and he already stole a bag too, which is nice. If he can give you some more steals, that's that's a real bonus of a return. Even in a 10-team league, as a Tati's replacement, I would absolutely put on a healthy size bid for Jorge Polanco. Which one do you like, Deary, Polanco or Didi?
1: I would take Polanco over Didi. Didi's off to a really, really slow start right now, but I think that will come back to Earth, back to what he's been doing over the last seven, eight seasons. But I think Polanco, I, I i like a Polanco a lot more, and I think both those guys are better options than Chris Taylor. So I would put in some bids. Polanco would be the the guy that I would put a bid on more than DD, though.
2: Alex also says he spent one hundred thirty dollars of his budget last week on Hector Neris and yusei Kukuchi, so he's being a little more cautious people tightening the belts after some big fab blowouts but I think the Narish pick that looks even better now with Archie Bradley going on the IL you're sitting pretty Alex so you're making the right calls and you should be proud of yourself as a manager yeah you
1: picked up a closer that's great and Kikuchi is going to be able to give you some good enough starts so so not bad you spent 130 on those two guys that I think are going to be able to give you value for the rest of the season I mean because we're just talking about who can give you value for the next the rest of the season which a Didi could do that, a Jorge Polanco could do that. Going back to the guy we just talked about, Tyler Naquin, is that a full-time rest of the season going to help you out? Probably not, maybe in the next couple weeks, depending on what happens with the injuries in the outfield for the Reds, but I like both those guys that you brought up with Polanco and Didi.
2: Tim LaCastro is a guy I'd be targeting as well. With Cattell Marte on the IL, as we mentioned earlier in the show, he'll be out four to six weeks. Tim LaCastro went four for four yesterday, had four hits. He's hitting leadoff. He could steal bags. Somebody put a great tweet. I think it was the triple play pod, I believe, on Twitter. I hope I'm getting it. They said. Tim LeCastro is everything we wanted Billy Hamilton to be when he was a youngster. And I think that's a very interesting comparison. It's a solid comp. Because if Tim Lacastro has more pop, which he's shown, and he can mm-hmm. steal bags like crazy, this is a guy you want on your squad. And I think I think throughout the year, even when catal Marte comes back, if Le- LeCastro could force his way into this situation even further... I really think that, but I also want to throw in real quick Dearie, that Cole Calhoun is back and that's mm-hmm. another guy that you could be throwing a fab bin on as well. So between Calhoun and Castro, do you like one over the other? What's your I take?
1: Mean, so Calhoun has the track record. He's shown power over the years, but he's also been injured so much over the last years. Tim Castro just never has had the opportunity. He's been in Arizona for three years and he's just been kind of a bit player that comes in off the bench but the, But the one thing that you generally don't find in many fab situations is a guy that can steal bases. And if Marte ends up being out a significant amount of time, or even when Marte comes back, maybe LaCastro has an opportunity to fill in at other positions. I don't think there's a ton of talent out there in Arizona. This is a guy that could steal bases. You don't find that very much in fab. So I
2: like LaCastro. By the way, I mentioned Zach Gallon could return Tuesday. That is totally serious. That's not a joke. <laughs> Arizona Diamondbacks starting pitcher Zach Gallon could return to the team and start on Tuesday against the Oakland Athletics. Tori Lavallo has announced that Madison Bumgarner would be the starter on Monday, and added that it's a possibility that Gallon could start on Tuesday.
1: Amazing. That's what, like three weeks ahead of time. We thought we were thinking May, right?
2: Yes, that's way. It's like a month. I think people were thinking mid-May. This is incredible some of these early cole calhoun coming back that was also another guy that people said oh he tore his meniscus he'll probably be out till may nope he's back people are getting healthier or more excited to play baseball i don't know what it is something's going on in the air of major league baseball. I, I i would be
1: very nervous about adding cole calhoun before he even plays a game
2: wouldn't it be need dependent when it comes to le castro and calhoun if you need steals you're probably going to go with le castro but you can also double down Remember this. This is a key aspect that I have learned a lot of lessons from. Maximize your bids. Put in many, many, many bids. There's nothing wrong. You can you can put endless amounts of bids in. There's no limitation on bids because you want to have backups for the bids that don't go through. You don't want to be left with nothing. It's happened to me too many times. If
1: if you are in a situation where your roster, there's five, six guys that you could drop in your roster. Go right ahead and do that and put in as many bids as you can, because you're not going to hit on all those bids. Make sure that they're the amount of money that you're putting out. You are comfortable with possibly losing, but you're not going to win every bid. And you got to think about this way. There's going to be other owners that say, oh, these are the three or four guys I want to target. These are the bids I'm going to go in on. They end up not getting any of those guys and then they're just completely shit out of luck and they didn't put any other bids in as, as replacements. So you, you got to think about it that way. There's going to be guys out there that there's not bids in at all. And they could be guys that should be picked up there. I mean, it's not like every single owner in your league is going to do exactly what you do. If you go out and you put 10, 11 different bids in there. I mean, you're not going to hit on every one of those guys, but you could hit on four or five of them.
2: Good call. What about Akil Badu, our local guy in Detroit? Akil Badu inspires us all. I love Akil Badu. By the way, yeah, I listened back to the podcast. I don't. You were just, you just heard that announcers in your own headphones.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I still had a game on on my computer, and somehow like that was coming through. But it, it was so weird because I was not hearing those announcers at any other part of the podcast that we were doing. And then I was like, Mike, you want some advice? You got to turn down. The uh, the announcers. <laughs> I thought that you had actually put in because it wasn't very clear. I thought that you had put in like Dan Dickerson and Jim Price on the radio call for the Tigers, you know, talking about you know it's getting all excited would do when Badu hit a walk off or he hit a triple.
2: Yes, uh, we're talking about my Akil Badu song, which is a parody of the Police's "Do Do Do Da Da Da." That's all I want to say to you. Akil Badu is somebody who looks like a breakout, but there's still playing time issues. I don't want Badu in redraft. I think it's worth a dollar. It's worth a dollar to take a chance. Uh, maybe we'll eat our words on this down the road, Deary. But in redraft leagues, Akil Badu is worth $3. That's it.
1: I, I mean, he's going to be sharing time as long as Jacoby Jones is still healthy. Um, Renato Nunez came up uh, to take over for Cabrera because Cabrera's on the DL. Shocker right there. I mean, you got Victor Reyes out there. None of these guys are that exciting for the Tigers. And here's another reason why like, I'm not like going nuts about getting Akil Badu. The Tigers cannot score right now. So, like, sure, maybe Badu can can get some home runs, but how many people are going to be on base? I mean, it's been an absolute mess in this last series and a half. The Tigers just cannot score. Badu's got some speed. He's got some power, a nice left-handed bat, but I don't think he's getting everyday opportunities. So be cautious with the bid you're putting out on Akil Badu.
2: Well, the thing is, Miggy's hurt. He's got a biceps issue, so he's been benched. Uh, That's a bummer. But even if he's healthy, I don't know if he's that great for this lineup. I I actually think Miggy was going to have a decent season this year, so maybe that's strong. Maybe that's too extreme. I'll slow my roll on that. But this team always strikes out. They will always strike out. Last year, they were setting crazy strikeout marks. I remember against the Reds last year, there was that series on the road in Cincinnati, where they struck out like 47 times in three games or something like that? It was, it was like, like the. Nuts. F- I
1: think it was the second series of the year.
2: It was. It was also against Bauer and Sonny Gray and Luis Ischio. Castillo. Yeah. That's not easy, but still, come on, guys. Good Lord. Cleveland and Minnesota, they're going to feast on this Tigers team all season long. So will Chicago to, to boot. So Akil Badu is worth a flyer, but don't put your – Hopes and dreams on Akil Badu being the difference maker. I, I just don't, I don't see that yet. We need to see more. There's too many Rule Five picks that can get hot and then just poof, whew, like that they're gone and then they're never heard from ever again. Uh, anybody else you're thinking about for Fab bids this week uh, from a hitting perspective? Uh, do we want to talk about some starters this week? We got two star pitchers, streamers for those in redraft leagues and shallower leagues.
1: Well, I'll mention another guy who's doing pretty good here this last week. That's uh, Philip Evans who took over for uh key brian hayes he had a really really nice week three home runs uh several rbis he's he's a guy who uh in the past has shown that he can walk a little bit doesn't strike out a ton uh he was a minor league player for just a forever came up and got a short stint with the Mets a couple of years ago. He's here in Pittsburgh and the pirates have shown that they've been able to hit the ball pretty well. Colin Moran's off to a nice little start. We've talked about him a couple times on the pot. He's batting in the middle the lineup. Colin Moran is available. Maybe go out and put a bid for him. Philip Evans might be able to give you a little value until
0: Mr. Hayes comes back.
2: Oh, Mr. Hayes. That's his name.
0: Well, you may run like Mays, but you hit like shit. Not Mays.
2: All right, we got a couple more minutes before we wrap up the show here. If you have any last comments or thoughts or questions or concerns about your lineups, pop them in the comments right here. The live stream allows you to do so. Follow us, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Our YouTube channel is the best way to contact us in terms of the live stream and catching up on all of our old episodes. If you want to do the podcast version, of course, Apple Podcasts, you give us a five-star review. That would be most good, most good. Thank you so much for all the time and energy you guys give us. We never take it ever. Be most excellent. Be most excellent to each other. Damn right. Uh, Your boy, Casey Mize, is a two-star pitcher this week. Are you excited about that? What are the matchups? I'm fucking around. It's against Houston. Oh, God, I don't like that at all. (laughs) It's at Houston. No thanks. And Deary ripped on Mize earlier this week because he was being honest about his fear that he's not going to be the best of the bunch in terms of the Tigers' first round picks. their stud prospect pitchers, and And I like that.
1: And then Tarek Scuba looked terrible yesterday, so...
2: Yeah, well, he looked good in his first start. Shit happens.
1: It's going to take a couple years for both these guys, I think.
2: The good news is that we have a lot of seven-game schedules this week in terms of opportunities. I've been so sick of this opening schedule with all the off days. A lot of that's going to the rearview mirror. I think we have 18 teams that will have seven games, which is much, much Ooh, that's a lot of
1: baseball.
2: That's what we want, absolutely. Alex says, thanks, guys. How would you rank Rodon, Dunning, Shoemaker, and Miley? For fab and a 12 team roto. Thank you, Alex, for your support of the show. We love having you here. Alex, I got to tell you, Carlos Rodon, he looked amazing in his first start against Seattle. Dane Dunning, he's looked pretty good as well. I like him. Matt Shoemaker was incredible against the Tigers. And Deary just said, you know, how the Tigers aren't so good. And then Wade Miley. Um, I'm not a fan of Wade Miley. I never am, but, you know, uh two start week might be worth it. What do you think, Deary? All four of these pitchers, who do you like? I like uh, Rodon and Dane Dunning. I really
1: like Dane Dunning. That was a good pickup for the Rangers in the offseason, getting him from the White Sox. Uh, He's a young guy, but he throws a power fastball, can strike out a lot of people, looked really good in five innings in his first start. Matt Shoemaker's this guy that, like, he's been in the league forever, can't stay healthy, kind of has moved around to several different teams. He's a guy that could really come out and have a really nice start like he did against the Tigers, or he can just absolutely get bombed so he's he's someone depending on the matchup I'm a little weary you're going little, against
2: the Red Sox dude and a
1: little scared and the Red Sox are like mashing the ball right now Devers hit a home run we talked about what JD did today I would probably be sitting shoemaker and yeah like, like you I'm not a big Wade Miley fan but I, I would put in some some bids on Rodon and also Dane Dunning
2: oh for Monday yes that's cool Dane Dunning has got the Rays so on the road in Tampa He's going up against Tyler Glass now. That should be a great pitching matchup. I love that. The Rays are hit or miss right now offensively. So Dane Dunning, I like the matchup there. But I like Carlos Rodon at home against Cleveland a little bit more because Cleveland, even though they put up a double-digit outing against the Tigers over the weekend, I'm not buying that. I do no, not you're, buy it at all. No,
1: you're just avoiding two or three bats in that lineup for the Indians. You're trying to avoid Ramirez. Fran Miller Reyes is off to a good start with four home runs, you know. All you gotta do is just spike the ball into the dirt, and Fran Miller will swing at it and miss. Anything over the plate, he's gonna murder. But I think Rod- <laughs> I think that's probably a pretty good matchup for Rodon.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see how he performs in this start here. I was really really excited about his effort in Seattle. Uh, Wade Miley is gonna be in San Francisco tomorrow night. Not a place that is terrible to pitch at, especially on the road and in the evening. That's probably why people are targeting it. It'd be chilly there. I- yeah, it could be chilly, I, but we have to check the weather report. He's going up against Aaron Sanchez. The Giants can hit a little bit, but they've been pretty crappy recently offensively overall. So maybe that's why Wade Miley. But for me, Wade Miley's the fourth of those pitchers. I would go Rodon. Actually, I would go Dunning-Rodon, Shoemaker, and then Miley in that order. Uh, Robbie Ray's going to be back, dearie, too. He's supposed to be back and make his debut tomorrow for the Blue Jays against the Yankees in Dunedin, Florida.
1: Uh over under on walks tomorrow for Robbie Ray.
2: Oh, okay. I think the over under has to be at I think it has to be a 3. That gives us a good number. What we would you take prob- over under 3. I
1: mean, he's probably only going to go maybe 3 or 4 innings I would I would expect though.
2: I don't know. He's a veteran. I mean, if he's ready to go, he's ready to go.
1: Uh if he pitches Oh man, if he pitches more than 3 innings, I would say he's walks 5 guys.
2: I I'll take the under i think he's ready to rock he's excited he's really upset because he fell down the stairs with his child which was a bullshit story about how he got hurt <laughs> in the first place not buying that robbie you cannot fool the people on this podcast you may get it by everybody else with your bullshit but you're not getting us not this time the the spin it spin it
1: the, the, uh, the Yankees have been pretty inconsistent offensively, too. They're having a really hard time Ugh. knocking in knocking in runs when guys are on base. I've seen it in the last two or three games. I've had the bases loaded three or four times and can't
2: get anything going. Well, Urshela was amazing today. He had a great game. But, yes, you're right. There's been a lot of problems offensively for the Yankees. All right, as we close the show – let's close this door. Close the show store. The show store is closing up for the day. This is our fab streaming, upcoming weekly lineup show. We'll do it every Sunday evening around 6 45. We'll be here for you. We're here to support you. We're so glad you guys asked us questions. We gave you our feedback. Now the rest is up to you to make those bids, lock them in, and give them hell out there. I am very excited for a full week of baseball. I'm going to be working more on my bids, tinkering, and finalizing everything before they go final tonight on NFBC. And then uh, 11.30 uh, Eastern time on fan tracks is when those bids go through depending on your league but that's how it works in mine. So, I'm excited. This is going to be a good week, dear. Are you excited for this week?
1: I am excited to bounce back in those leagues that I had a difficult time in my head to head. Uh TGFBI I had a terrible week and a half. I'm I'm in 14th place in my league. Not not good. The Plaza podcast, I'm also <gasps> in the bottom third. Not doing good in the Plaza podcast, but the Red Slam, my hitting has just been unbelievable. I've been able to I'm second in my league in raz, raz Slam top 15 overall, and it's been because of my hitting, not because of my pitching. I, I haven't really gotten much from my pitching. My pitching is actually third worst within my, my home league there, but my hitting has just been bombing the ball. So hopefully Raz Slam can continue to be consistent. But, man, TGFBI and Plaza Podcast, I hope I can start turning it around here.
2: Oh, that is a damn shame Deary. I'm so sorry to hear that. Here's a quick update on the Plaza podcast overall standing shout out to Mark Kiefer. First place overall oh, nice. as of today, just ahead of Richard Sands in second place. Another guy. And that'll round out with Marshall Witzberger, Richard Zaito, Zaito, my guy, and Andrew Poplin, who was in first place when we did the show on Wednesday. He's now down to fifth. So he slipped a bit. Sorry, Andrew. It's a tough break. but. <laughs> And the overall score is 469 and a half points. That's the leader in the clubhouse. And in terms of me and Deary, I am in 28th place with 298 points. And as Deary said, he's down at 50 seconds
0: 220
2: start. points. Not a good so. start. Well, I told you at the beginning of the show, though, I'd rather be, you know. Start off slow. Start off yeah, slow, right? I'd rather be starting off terribly slow. Thanks, Brian Rodgman, for watching the show and engaging with us. Thank you, for everybody, for listening. Once again, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. If you have email suggestions, segments for the show, let us know. Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Z. Utah, give me two. PC Deary 1999. That's Deary like Deer John, not Deer with the headlights. I'm at MJ Govier, GOVs, and Victor IER. That's it for the Sunday edition of the Palazzo Podcast. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday evening. Ta-ta. See ya. Rule 5, picks that stick are hard to find From Chris Shelton to Reed Garrett These once promising names litter my mind
0: When the Tigers selected this year Right lads, now I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprises on our side.